stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So the reaction continues to pour in um, after this the story emerged yesterday about uh, an incident in Lethbridge over the weekend, a police officer responding to a, a call of a, a deer vehicle collision arrives to find uh, an injured deer on the road and attempts to euthanize it, I guess, by running over the deer three times, apparently. Uh, And there was video captured of this, and it's very disturbing video because the animal is clearly in distress, and it's hard to watch, it's hard to listen to. And I think the reason why it's resonated is that we all kind of have a shared collective belief in the importance of treating animals humanely. You know, whether you eat meat or don't, or wear leather or don't, we all believe in treating animals humanely and preventing the unnecessary suffering of animals. In this instance, clearly the animal suffered and suffered unnecessarily. So there's an ACERT investigation underway to to kind of get to the bottom of why the officer acted as he did. Were there other options? And I guess that's kind of the question a lot of people have. What are those other options? And not just for police officers who do have the option when it's safe to use a firearm to euthanize uh, an animal. But what about average citizens? You know, as I mentioned yesterday, I, I struck a deer late at night, uh, like seven years ago, I think. And my first thought was, oh, my God, what if the animal's lying in the middle of the road? What if it's still alive and, and badly injured? What, what am I supposed to do at that point? Obviously, in that instance, the deer was physically uh, able to, to run off in, into the, the woods somewhere. I don't know what became of it. But it's, it's a tough situation. What do you do in a situation like that? Anyway, so I wanted to get some, some insight around the issue of humane euthanization of animals. So someone who specializes in that area, Dr. Nigel Kalka, joins us, a professor with the Faculty of Medicine at the University of Calgary, an expert in the safe capture of wildlife, anesthesia, and euthanasia. Uh, Dr. Kalka, thank you for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I mean, I don't want to put you in a position where I'm getting you to, to second-guess the actions of a police officer, get involved in something that's under investigation, but just kind of in a more general sense, is, is running over an animal with the vehicle in, in any way a, a humane way of, of euthanizing an animal? No, and I, and I think most people would realize that, that uh, running over an animal isn't very a, a, really a precise or, or accurate way to uh, quickly kill an animal. And in, in euthanasia, euthanasia itself means good death. So good death typically means that there's a loss of consciousness uh, before the animal actually dies. So in the situation, if you were using a vehicle, uh, that wouldn't necessarily be the case. What, what's, what are typically the kind of factors that, that would be considered when, when deciding whether to put down an animal? Because just because an animal's injured doesn't necessarily mean it, it needs to die. No. So, so the degree of the injuries are, are one thing. Is it something that, is, uh, that the animal could potentially recover from or not recover from? That, that would be something that would come into play. Uh, so the extent of the injuries. Uh, legalities, it, it's uh, legally we can't, as general public, we can't put down wildlife. Uh, that's the realm of fish and wildlife. They're, they're crown animals, 
and uh, and it's very important in these situations to contact Fish and Wildlife, so legalities, the equipment that you have at hand. So as, as veterinarians, we, we've got a number of different means uh, that we can use for euthanasia. The, the most common means we use are, are chemical means. So uh, with small animals, often with horses, we use a, a drug called pentobarbital, which will uh, induce loss of consciousness and then stop the heart. One of the challenges with wildlife is that the, the pentobarbital, if other animals eat the animal that's been euthanized with the pentobarbital, uh, they can also experience toxicity and die, particularly birds. So in some of these situations, if, it, if it's uh, severely injured wildlife or, or uh, with some situations with farm animals where they might not be able to bury them, uh, then we may go to a, a firearm, so an appropriate firearm for the species that's being euthanized, or if the animal is uh, restrained a captive bolt, which is like a firearm, except uh, the bullet doesn't leave the firearm, it fires a bolt into the brain that will either stun the animal and, and then you follow that by bleeding or it will kill the animal. So those are the primary means that we'll generally have at hand to, to humanely kill an animal. So in a situation where there's been an animal vehicle collision, uh, typically deer, but could be other animals, uh, that, that that would normally be, I guess, the, the purview of, of fish and wildlife. That, that's who would get involved. Absolutely. Yeah. So fish and wildlife in the province, if it's within the, the parks, it, it's Parks Canada. Uh, both of these agencies have people that, uh, that, that deal with this on a routine base, basis, and they are really the best people to deal with these situations. So the animals themselves, even though, you, you know, we'd often worry about a large carnivore like a bear or a cougar and the risk to, to uh, human safety, um, ungulates such as deer, uh, elk, moose, uh, can also be potentially dangerous when you're dealing with them. So they know the hazards of the animal. They know the human safety concerns in the environment they're working in, and they know the best means uh, to euthanize the animal. Right. I mean, is this a factor here? Someone texted to say one reason you can't just shoot an injured deer is so that you can't shoot it first and then say you hit it, what would otherwise be poaching. Is, is that part of it? I'm sure it is. Mm -hmm. People do all kinds of things like that, or, or as far as, uh, you, you know, uh, trophy animals uh, saying that it was they dispatched it because of a motor vehicle accident. So, so I, I think that's a big part of it is to protect the wildlife uh, themselves. I think it's also important uh, just to keep in mind, too, that these are the people that tend to have the expertise to do this properly. So, so again, that's why it, it's uh, advisable to contact Fish and Wildlife. Using a firearm to euthanize an animal, I mean, that, that seems like that would be an obvious go-to or a first choice, that it can be done quickly and, and humanely. Uh, is that necessarily the case? And, and are there potential risks involved in, in firing a bullet in, into an animal, risks to, to others who might be in the vicinity? So there are, and that's why it's important to use the right firearm for the for the job. So it's it's dependent a bit on the, the velocity of the bullet that's used. It, it's dependent on the type of the bullet, where it, whether it's a solid point or a hollow point, um, whether you're going to use a shotgun or a rifle in those situations. Most of the time, officers wouldn't use the, their handgun just because of some of the limitations in power in those cartridges. So uh, again, it, it, there are various guidelines by various agencies. The, the Alberta Vet Medical Association was one that looked at it. 
develop some guidelines. So it is a matter of picking the appropriate firearm and, uh, and again, the appropriate type of ammunition. But it's also other factors will enter into it. So the environment that the, the officers work in, in is in an urban or a rural environment um, because of the risks uh, for, for human safety in particular, and also being able to ensure that they can uh, euthanize the animal appropriately too. I mean, are, are there other options? I, I just, as you said earlier, I mean, if, if there's an injured deer, it, it should be fish and wildlife who deal with it. I mean, if, if someone's in a remote location, they hit a deer or another animal, the animal's clearly in agony. The impulse might be to not wait for fish and wildlife, but to put the animal out of its misery as quickly as possible. But th- there aren't a lot, of, a lot of good options in that kind of a situation. Well, again, uh, even as a veterinarian, uh, and I have encountered these situations. The impulse is obviously to uh, to dispatch the animal quickly, but I think it is important. Legally, you cannot do that. Uh, legally, you do have to contact Fish and Wildlife in order to do these procedures. So, uh, so, so I know the impulse is there, but it's still better to contact Fish and Wildlife. Um, and again, it really depends on the situation or what you have at hand. And uh, and once you get a hold of them, they'll give you the appropriate advice. Yeah, well, important points to consider. Professor Colgate, we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks for your insight, and thanks for making some time for us here this afternoon. You're welcome. All right, that's uh, Nigel Colgate. He is a professor with the Faculty of Veterinary Medicine at the University of Calgary, an expert uh, in the area of safe capture of wildlife, uh, as well as, as euthanasia. So we talked a bit about how ideally you euthanize an animal so that they lose consciousness and immediately that's the part of the brain you're, you're targeting. Running over an animal with a vehicle is not a humane way of euthanizing an animal. So that's his opinion. And so I think that that's his way of commenting on the situation at hand here. But obviously this is something that is now under investigation. Uh, here's a little bit more from uh, Global News reporter Tracy Nagai uh, on the backlash to this story. You're trying to have the trajectory of the bullet or the bolt go like this so that it goes through the midbrain. A no-nonsense approach on how to humanely euthanize an animal, a situation this longtime expert has experienced more than once out in the field. I've been in similar situations with my colleagues. They're stressful situations and you need the appropriate tools and the appropriate training to, to do the job. Nigel Colquette is a veterinarian and professor who has worked with wildlife for more than three decades, specifically on the safe handling and capture of deer. He's among those deeply troubled by the video that surfaced Tuesday of a Lethbridge police officer running over an injured deer. In my experience working with deer in painful situations, it's, it's incredibly rare that they vocalize, that they cry out, and that deer did that a number of times. So. I actually found it very difficult to watch. We reached out to see what the protocols are for officers dealing with injured wildlife in Calgary. The Calgary Police Association telling us policy states that unless extenuating circumstances exist, a shotgun can be used to dispatch an injured animal if animal services cannot be notified. Final permission is then given by a supervisor. In Edmonton, officers must see if the tactical team is available to deal with larger animals, including game. If not, members may use a shotgun. Mike Ellis, a former Calgary Police Sergeant, says he's relieved the incident is getting a closer look. I can tell you that what I saw was um, was deeply horrific. 
Um, um, and, you know, I, I'm glad that ACERT is getting involved in this and that a, uh, a thorough and proper investigation is taking place. And while it's still unclear what led up to this decision... Never, never do that. There's, there's other, much better means. Those who care for animals hope it doesn't happen again. All right, 974-8255. Let's go to the phones here. This is Rob. Rob, welcome to the program. Good morning, Rob. Or good afternoon, Rob. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm a former RCMP officer and uh, worked out in the rural areas of Alberta and had come across uh, numerous times when uh, vehicles had hit uh, a deer or, or a horse or a dog or something like that. Usually when you come upon something like that, it's a rather immediate situation. And, uh, and we dealt with accordingly with uh, what we had at the time was a 38 handgun. And most of the times these, these animals are down, they're not running around. So you can quite safely uh, discharge a firearm without, without uh, you know, any fear of, of, of the public getting involved. Mm-hmm. Now, moving forward, I, I now live out in the country. I still live out in the country. And, uh, and, and several times I've had uh, deer hit around my property. And uh, I've tried to get a hold of fish and wildlife. Uh, and sometimes fish and wildlife are, are off for the evening or they're not available. They're not around. Right. And uh, so I've been given the instructions, well, you phone the RCMP and they'll come out and they'll dispose of it. Right. So I'm just thinking that, you know, when you're talking about an animal that's injured and suffering, and this one in particular, I think, suffered more, uh, the, the safest, fastest way to deal with it and the most humane way to deal with it is with the small caliber handgun that they have with them at all times. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go, Rob. Thanks for sharing that. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, so there's someone with a background in law enforcement uh, on how these kinds of things should be handled. I think in this situation, this was not an ideal way to handle it. Not at all. It would have been better to have let the situation play out longer, even though the animal was injured. This made matters worse. The animal was was lying on the road, you know, sort of the way they would lie down to rest. So, you know, the uh, neck and head was sort of sticking up, but the animal was, was lying down. Clear the area. Contact fish and wildlife. Wait for that response. Take the time to plan a response. This just seemed like a real knee-jerk reaction. And I don't know if this was a kind of a twisted, sadistic kind of response or just a a nervous kind of rookie response or or what it was. It was just not the way to deal with it. And at least maybe some some good could come of all of this that, that hopefully this kind of a decision wouldn't be made in the future. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.